Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from New York, spilled some coffee. So, of yours or mine? Mine, sorry about that. The show that's going to vanquish Pablo Torres. Oh, come on. Don't put that on the air. Why well, I'm serious about it. I okay, all right. If you want to do it, we're yeah, going to do it together. All right. That's or am I? That's y'all. I've known Pablo for a long time. Uh, today, will LeBron have a farewell tour? No one knows. He says he does not comfortable Ooh. with attention, bro. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, yes, what? While crowning himself. I've seen you take the MVP awards, LeBron. Uh, meanwhile, don't mind the praise. Why Shaq is sounding the panic alarm for Dame, Giannis, and the Bucks. This was a good shot from. I mean, that's impressive. The, the, the ability to keep perfect form from midcourt is impressive. That, that was and the good. night Solid. before, like a bunch of players couldn't hit. Yeah. You know, uh, and finally, Micah takes some blame. For some of the Cowboys' defensive woes and playoff shortcomings. Turns out, not Dak's fault. Yeah. Not a two-way player. As it turned out. Alongside uh, Nick Wright, I'm Kevin Wilds. Brew, how was your weekend? Very, very good. It was excellent. Okay. Relaxing and comfortable. I, I was good. Oh, that's great. Just, that's what you're asking? Yeah. Cause I, and just I, because it's the NFL offseason doesn't mean it's our offseason. We got to go, like buddy. The Urgency. Uh, Urgency. I'm feeling like the All-Star game. Oh. <laughs> You can't expect me to compete my hardest. We start with, oh, good shot, Luca. That's your guy. Give me a break. Two for one. Just give me a break. He's getting a two for one. Gosh. Wilds is so mad. He goes I'm just over Cat. Look at that. Here's LeBron. Look at LeBron just split the lane. <laughs> that one's actually <laughs> looks normal. This now was that great. Was, I, that was solid. KD, I'm sure KD was like, dude. Yeah. You doing that to me? Well, I'm a point. legend. Yeah. Not the most competitive game, despite Adam Silver saying he was confident the game would feel more like real basketball and Brew putting the game itself on the bud list. Yeah, yeah they you were did not motivate. Motivated. Here's Anthony Edwards. Bud list failed. For me, it's an all-star game, so I don't think it, it, I will ever look at it like being super competitive. It's always fun. Um, but I don't know what they can do to make it more competitive. I don't know. I think everyone looks at it. It's, it's like a, it's a break, so I don't think nobody want to come here and compete. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> and I Rui. really like Anthony Edwards. Are you happy with that? And is no. the All-Star game fixable? Probably not. And I hate to say that. I'm going to give you guys two reasons. I have two reasons it's probably not. And then I do have two potential okay. solutions. But we'll, we'll go back and forth. So, first, why I don't think it is. I've been to probably 15 All-Star weekends. Okay. And there is so much going on. It sure. starts Wednesday night. Mm -hmm. There's multiple dozens of parties every night, and the players are at the parties yeah. too. Then during the day, 
there are the players are going to these different events for their marketers that you know for the different products they endorse, and then they're doing stuff for the league, community service. I mean, whether it's helping out building homes, I mean, reading the kids, all types of stuff. By the time you get to Sunday night, you are exhausted. I'm just a writer going, and I'm exhausted, and I'm telling you, I bet you for these players when they get in on Thursday, whatever, the game is like the last thing on their mind because you have so much other stuff going on that the game, I hate to say this, it's an afterthought. Can I ask you a question about that? Because yeah. I didn't, I haven't covered a bunch of them, and I certainly didn't cover them back when the All Star Game was awesome and competitive. Right. Back when we talk about not 40 years ago, but 15 to 20, 25 years ago, when the games were more competitive, was that still the schedule? It and wasn't those guys quite. Were just it's just getting it? more and more. Okay, mm-hmm. Got more you. and more Go is going on. It the All Star Game for the NBA is like the Super Bowl week for the NFL. Because the finals isn't that, because you're going from city to city. For the, for the NBA, all the corporate parties and everything, that's during that week. And, you know, it, it, I'm telling you, the game is like an afterthought. Now, secondly, and this is more on the court, I think the demise of the All-Star game had a lot to do with, in addition to what I just said, but the prominence of the three-point shot. For me, the turning point, I remember in 2015 when it was in New York City at Madison Square Garden Mm. and watching the All-Star game, Russell Westbrook was the MVP with 41 points. I remember watching that and they gave Russ the MVP, which was fine. He was the leading scorer. But I was like, how do you even choose an MVP in this? Because there was no resistance whatsoever. Russ just scored the most points. Mm -hmm. And what I noticed in that game, in 2013, they took 71 three-pointers. In 2014, it was 100. In 2015, when the game became kind of a joke, to me at least, they took 133. Look at these three-point attempts. These are the most in the All-Star game history. Yeah. 133 and 25. That's 50% of the shots you've seen. Some years been 60%. Yep. Yesterday was a record. My point is this. And we saw Dane very impressively hit two half-court shots, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. But the problem is when the floor, when yesterday was just a three-point shooting contest. You get a little space, you launch a three, and whoever hit the most was going to be win the game and be the MVP. But when the when the floor is that spread, all right, for the all and three everybody's outside, you either take wide open threes or the driving lanes are so open that it's just wide open yep. dunks and the game and is no one's not competitive yeah. at all. Now re- quickly, when the game was closer to the paint, and I'm not saying we want to go back to that, but when it was closer to the paint, even if the All-Stars weren't defending as hard, when you drove, there was, there was four or five people, people in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you, yeah. it looked and, and it was more yeah. resistance and it looked like it was more resistance. So I think those two things have hurt it. I'll give my solutions sure. after you guys. Okay. So here's just to continue on your point. Here are the numbers between – I asked Josh to find like – just a close game. So this was uh, 2001. Iverson was the MVP. The score of the 2001 game was 110-111, I believe. So there's almost double the Jeez. close to double the points. 31 to 168 threes is what you're talking about. <laughs> we put free throw attempts on there just because there's some resistance to yeah, just right. going to the basket. Uh, blocks 12 to three and steals. There's still you know a loose ball, bad pass counts as a steal. And then here's 
total on how the game compares now to how it was in 2000. Regular season games had about 190 points. All-Star game, 221. So, hey, you know what? Have some fun. Score 30 more points. Well, now games are averaging 230. The All-Star game was almost at 400. Have some fun. (laughs) (laughs) Score 166 (laughs) more points. Yeah. So I, I know what you're saying about how the main thing has not become. It's not the main thing. It's not the main thing. So the main things are All-Star Saturday night and the parties. Yeah, but, I, but, was it, but it wasn't always like that. The, no, I mean, I think the players There was did. always parties. There was always some sponsorship I, activations, but now it's kind of yeah, it, crested. It gets more earlier, earlier into the week. So, I, so I think people respond to incentives. And I think that money is a tough one when guys make this much right. money. Well, so right. the other thing people respond to is praise and criticism. Mm-hmm. And this is where, and Brew, we've argued about this before in relation, I think, to load management. But I also think it's all fruit of the same poisonous tree. I was watching one of... The coolest moments in college basketball all year. The coverage of Caitlin Clark going to break the all-time and has broken the all-time scoring record. Caitlin Clark, who is one of the best attractions in sports, cross all sports, genders, professional collegiate. And Jay Williams, who I respect and I know you guys have relationships with, refused to call her a great player. And his answer was, show me the rings. Show me the hardware. I don't care. I, no, no, no. It, they weren't asking, is she the GOAT? They weren't asking, right. is she the best of all time, better than Cheryl Miller and Brianna Stewart? It was, is she great? And he was like, no. You know how I know? Her hand looks like, it looks like this. No rings on it. And I'm watching that. And I'm like, well, of course. That is how we have changed the coverage and the discussion of the NBA. None of it matters except for who wins? How you play at the end? And guys have responded. What is the? What you mentioned the 01 All Star Game. Mm-hmm. When's the last time when we're talking about all time greats? We were like, and don't forget they kicked ass in the All Star Game that, that one year. That used to be a thing. That it used to be. Kobe yes. Remember when yes. All Star MVP? It was like, yes, yep. that meant a lot. Agreed. Isaiah it Thompson used to be a thing. Oh, and now, it, oh, it's Michael Jordan's fault. No. No, no, no. I'm not. No, I am not saying that. It is our fault. It used to be a thing. We used to reward it. We used to talk about. I remember Simmons pointing out that the reason he loved the All Star Game is because it was. You kind of got a little snapshot of who the best players in the league were yes. as far as who was on the court. See him compete. The best, right. And now, all of our coverage about this league is a, or a vast disproportionate amount is about. Oh, you won league MVP, Joel Embiid. Actually, bad thing because you didn't show up in the postseason. The I idea- hear what you're saying, but it's not like dudes don't still want regular season awards. They want to make all NBA. Heck, we, we think Embiid went out there and played injured because he wanted another MVP. So I, I do think guys still want the regular I do, season yes, awards. Yes, and because also we do give that some credit. So can, you said you wanted to give solutions. I've got one that I think recognizes – that it's that we have incentivized the players only care about the postseason, and just steal from baseball. The winner gets home court in the finals. No, why? I thought it was terrible with baseball. Why? Because I you should not give 
have the finals, something as important as home court in the finals, be based on some guys that won't even get close to the finals? But, why, why, do, why does somebody from Sacramento have my chance to have home court advantage in the finals mm-hmm. in his hands? But, you know what I mean? Like, that, they shouldn't have anything to do with that. Well, okay, then I'm, I'll, I'll defend that in a moment, but I know okay. you had solutions. Well, I, one quick one, and this is unlikely, I know, with the TV networks. Maybe if you move the game up into the afternoon again. It used to be in the afternoon. That cuts down. I mean, guys are still going to go out Saturday nights. But, you know, you know you have to play. Small change, it, but sure. Small change. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. 45 might not be it. <laughs> when the Super Bowl that's just more stuff going on before the game. I buy that. And on Sunday, there's a lot going on too. So that's one. Secondly, and this one, I used to really want to see this, but now I'm, I'm skeptical. But myself, but how about if you made at least for one year international versus American players? That I think would ramp up the competitors. I think the international players would compete. Like Luca and and specifically uh, Jokic. Terrible. They're like I I Terrible. bet they are disgusted with this game because they they can't they're not even it's no. not a game for them. Like what? Jokic looks like he don't even he can't even play basketball. Luca when he's on took the court a, a look a, took a seventy foot shot. Yeah, and, and Jokers it, didn't do anything. No, either. I thought it was embarrassing. I don't. Go. You, you're fired up about this, man. I know, but I need to be America's sweetheart. No, that's all right. You know up. what? You can be well, fired the, up about the international, Giannis wants to compete, I think. Then, then you can. Then, then he should have. Well, he's done it over the years, and, but, but you begin looking silly. If you're out there playing hard well, that's the and thing. nobody there else is. There needs to be a coalition like, okay. of maybe the former MVPs get together and say, like, hey, do we want to play for real? And Silver's on the record saying, like, hey, I expect the game to be competitive because Joe Dumars was talking to people and he had Iguodala in on as a player. So there was an expectation that this game was going to be much better than it was. So that was frustrating, and I thought it was was embarrassing that it broke a cardinal rule – of sports that we all kind of agree on. It's why, like, you're not allowed to gamble on the games. Are you trying your hardest? And if the answer is no, that it, it breaks, it breaks, everything breaks. And one final point, and I'll throw this to you, Nick. The competition is not necessarily between East and West. It's for viewers' attention. And it's right. for fandom and sports. And we talked about this, Brew, about, um, about so, some of the marquee moments of the NBA season. And if you yeah. go to the NBA calendar, it says, like, signature days or whatever it is. Opening night, not super memorable. Denver beat the Lakers. Again, I called it a must-win game because I felt like it needed to ramp up, and it was a must-win game. Christmas. Used to be NBA. Football, yeah. That's it was cool. Ravens, 49ers, Chiefs, Raiders, and Giants, Eagles. And NBA kind of lost Christmas. Yeah. Uh, MLK is a major day in the NBA. There was four games. There was also two NFL games. The Bills game got moved NFL because of weather. NFL playoff games. No playoff worse. games. Yeah. Right. So that day became very much about the NFL. Rivals week. The story of Rivals week was what? It's LeBron, Steph, you know, chapter 20, which was excellent, but also Embiid's not playing in Denver. That kind of became the major story. And then this all-star dud. So this is, I mean, I would say five of the major moments for the NBA that have just kind of fallen by the wayside. And I think, Nick, in the fans' calendar, 
And maybe the people that are just myopic on the NBA are not seeing this. This is the opportunity to take the torch from the NFL and say it's our time yes. to demand with the All-Star game. Yes, right, right. America's and attention. So can I defend and, and you lost it. the home court advantage thing for a yeah. moment? Because I understand your the, the you idea. Know what I, mean? I, I, I get it. Even, yeah. But then yeah. keep this in mind. It would matter a ton to whichever coaches were appointed. Because who are the coaches? The one right. seed of so each what's side. what's Doc Rivers going to do? So, what is That's he going to do? Yeah, He's going to play his five best guys at the end. He's going to play the guys who are trying. And if you are the coach of a team that is the one seater in Milwaukee's case, it's weird because yeah. you don't do it back-to-back years, but a contender. And it's like, oh, okay, this guy is screwing around. He's not going to play. Because if we're being honest, the home court advantage, once you get to the finals, has always been a bit of a gray area to begin with as far as fairness because the schedules aren't right. balanced. Right. East versus West, right? And so that would instantly give it real intensity. You would be able to find seven or eight guys on each team that really care, and those guys could play the lion's share down the stretch. And if it's not that, then the other one is, because Wilds, you pointed out that the in-season tournament, one of the reasons people cared was money. You told me that all-star winners get 100 grand, losers get 25 grand. Mm-hmm. This is going to sound ridiculous, and we would need some security apparatus. That 125000 should be in cash along the baseline. <laughs> And the winners and the winners get it. This the losers have to hand the yeah. bag of their money and the winners' money to them after the game. And for at least a short period of time, if guys while they're playing are looking at a bag of uh, 125,000, especially if we're in a city with more to do afterwards than Indy, I'm, it, 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 I'm just, well, well I'm, look, if honestly, yeah. and I think you guys will agree with this, the celebrity game was more competitive yes. than the off. Like they. They were. Yeah. They played open, to win. Open run at UCLA. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's the run. run. That was the ball on the bud list. Yeah. What, how do you feel about inter- – see, yeah. international versus American, I think that Americans would almost be shamed into having to play hard because I think the international players – Not when Luca's launching those long shots. Well, like, oh, okay, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Just quickly, So you don't like it. Right. No. I mean, I just don't think it's fixable. One last second up. Do you think there's a chance that the NBA – because LeBron said it's a larger, a larger conversation. Yeah. LeBron was totally bought in on the in-season tournaments. Why it worked, yeah. really? Do you think that there needs to be a financial incentive like the in-season tournament, or hey, you know what? We're if we're going to have one extra thing that we really ramp up to playoff level for, it's going to be the in-season tournament. It's not going to be the in-season tournament and the. Man, All-Star just game. the losers I don't, don't get the, the money, bonus money. I don't think the money. I mean, even. To a lot of these guys, five hundred thousand dollars when you're making fifty million, I, I just don't think. I, I think, and I don't. I'm not convinced all the players took the in season tournament all that important. <coughs> I mean, it was the Lakers and the Pacers, and I know the Pacers are pretty good, but you know what I mean. Like the but the best teams I mean, we were all were, happy with that. that it felt- was fine because LeBron really took it seriously. But I, we'll see next year how how many guys really take this seriously because it the in season tournament is over. Nobody's thinking about it. Once the playoffs start, it's all going to be all about the playoffs and who wins the championship, not the in-season tournament. Uh, LeBron had eight points in 14 minutes, which honestly I respect uh, in the All-Star game, and afterwards turned his attention to the sands of time in the hourglass of his career. Take a listen. I am a Laker, and uh, I am happy and been very happy being a Laker the last six years, and uh, and hopefully it stays that way. but I don't have the I don't have the answer to how long it is or 
you know, which uniform I'll be in. Hopefully it is with the Lakers. It's a great organization and so many greats. But, but we'll see. I don't know how it's going to end, but it's coming. It's coming for sure. Do you want LeBron to stay in L.A.? I don't. Uh, I, I, I know that the Lakers' next plan is Trey Young. Don't worry about it, guys. We're going to trade all our assets for Trey Young. I don't, I don't love that plan. I don't trust the front office. I don't love ownership. And while I agree with you, Brew, like LeBron, it's not like LeBron has to win more rings. I would like to see him in a place where I think they're, it's more viable and I see a clearer path other than LeBron having to turn back the clock for six weeks in the postseason. And I think there's four teams out east that he could sign with this offseason and I'd say they can win the title. I think Miami, absolutely, they could win the title. I think Cleveland, maybe. And Cleveland, obviously, you have the other part of it of, you know, his third time around there. Philly is interesting. And lastly, the Knicks, because it's the Knicks. And I know he has issues with the ownership, and I understand that Rich has issues understandably with the front office. Um, But any of those four teams, I would be more excited for LeBron's final chapter of his career, and then it would be more interesting. And the Philly part of it is the one team on that list where they have one guy who's clearly better than LeBron, but has never even played in a conference final. So it wouldn't feel like LeBron is – it would feel we- – of course he could go to Milwaukee, like, but that would feel weird. Mm. Those four teams wouldn't feel weird. I think he would fill a need for them. And I like their infrastructure, either coach, GM, ownership, or in some cases all of the above in Miami's case. So, yeah. I agree with a lot of what you said, but I don't not want him to finish his career in L.A. I'd be fine if that's what he wants to do. Uh, obviously he's rooted there now. But – I would like to see him in a bigger, like a a situation where it's more interesting to use your word or exciting. Okay. Look, if the Lakers get Trey Young, and I know, look, Trey's got a few years left on his deal, so that's not necessarily going to happen. Or Kyrie's name's been mentioned out there too. If they got Kyrie or Trey, I would love to see LeBron AD in one of those two. Like a big three like that. Because Trey, I think, needs to learn how to win. Like Kyrie did. And mm-hmm. he learned it from LeBron. And I think LeBron can help Trey in that regard. So I'd be fine with that in L.A. Cleveland, I like. New York, I like. Uh, Golden State, I-, I still would love to see that. If that could be something that would happen this summer. But all of those situations are just bigger storylines. And more exciting. So I-, I would like to see LeBron in, in a situation like that, whether he wins a championship or not, but where his team is still exciting, interesting, and one of the bigger stories in the league. What's the best spot for him if he didn't win a ring? Cleveland. Just go to Cleveland. Better than L.A.? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's a nice, you know what I mean, yeah. three arcs Bookend. there. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it'd be, it'd be nice. The, to, me, mean, to, to me, of yeah. those places, it would be Cleveland. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Put that giant mural back up on that building. Yes. They should have never taken that down. I totally agree. I yeah. <laughs> Derek Henry to the Cowboys next on FS1. Bro, maybe you can recruit him there. When he you're was on Instagram. In a few weeks. Right. <laughs> yeah, Bro's doing a big event in Cleveland, America. <laughs> okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. 
But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So, to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash FTF, netsuite.com slash FTF, netsuite.com slash FTF. As we celebrate Black History Month here at FS1, I'd like to recognize Alice Coachman. Born in the segregated South in Albany, Georgia back in 1923, Coachman faced numerous challenges to compete in organized sports, both based on her gender and the color of her skin. Despite this, Alice went on to break multiple high school and college high jump records throughout her youth. She was also the only American woman to win a gold medal in the 48 Olympic Games. Upon returning home, Coachman became the first black female athlete to endorse an international product as she became a spokesperson for Coca-Cola. She was ultimately inducted into the National Track and Field Hall of Fame in 1975 and the U.S. Olympic Hall of Fame in 2004. It's the exploits of great American athletes like Alice Coachman that should never be forgotten as we celebrate their accomplishments, not just here in February, but all year long. Welcome back to the show. Micah Parsons joins Stephen A. to discuss how and why the Packers scoring 41 of their 48 points against Dallas's defense wasn't all Dak's fault since he's the quarterback <laughs> and rarely plays defense. Take a listen. I felt like when he threw that pick, we should have held him to three and we should have got off the field. Okay. But what Dak didn't make uh, – D-Law jumbo size on 35 on that first That's goal true. trip. That's true. Dak didn't make Deron Bland do hands in the face what got him the first down. I think it was third and long. Right. Everything was going to point back to that point when Dak threw the pick, but Dak shouldn't even been to a 7-0 start. That's what people feel like accountability across the board. That's why I don't agree that it was just Dak Prescott. I know we could have done things differently defensively. Yeah, it was 41 points, so <laughs> a right. take. Right. Uh, do you like Micah taking responsibility? Brew, do you want to go first? Yeah. I mean, yes, I do. I do. I, I don't know. I, he's kind of been all over. You know, at first he said he thought he played well and put forth effort, even though I had one QB hit and one solo tackle. Um, so, look, anytime you take responsibility – and look in the mirror, I think it's good. Because for him, this will lead him to look at what little minor things or major things he didn't do, and he should work on those so he'll get better. I think his teammates who know how great he is will say, well, if Mike is taking responsibility Mm -hmm. for it, then we also can do it and get better. And I think Dak, when he looks at this, will be like, 
Okay. I, I get you. Now, I, I was to blame. Dak was not the only problem. He was a big problem, and so was the defense. They both were huge. Both were terrible. So, I, I just think all around it's a good thing that Micah said this. I hope he means it. I mean, he's kind of, like I said, I, he's, he's probably heard some criticism, like, man, you didn't stick up for Dak and all that. So, now he may be overcompensating, I, but – I think it's a good thing overall. I think here Mike is talking about the defense as a whole, and he looks at himself as the leader of the defense. I bet he still thinks he individually played okay mm-hmm. and that the defense let Dak down, but he takes responsibility for that because he's the leader of the defense. And he's absolutely right. And once again, there's Micah attempting to do the right thing. Like, Green Bay right. shredded. They, they, they went 12 for 75 in a touchdown to get off to the early lead. The touchdown drive he's talking about what they was the, after the first pick, they went 19 yards. But then right after that, they went 10 for 93 yards to get another yeah. touchdown. And then when it was like, wait, is this going to be a game when it was 27-10 in the second half, Green Bay had a five-play 75-yard touchdown drive, a three-play 75-yard touchdown drive, and the game's over. So Micah is correct in general. My problem for the Cowboys and my concern, despite being so high on them all year, is Wilds, in that game, Dak Prescott was to me, if you're watching right now, close your eyes and think of Patrick Mahomes' face in overtime. Do you want me to do that? No, just anybody. (laughs) Patrick Mahomes' face in overtime of the Super Bowl. Whatever look that is, the opposite of it was Dak Prescott (laughs) minutes into that game. The moment Dak threw, made that first mistake and it was 14-0, what, I don't know how to make the face, but that was the opposite of cool, collected confidence. He panicked before it was panic time, and you could see it all over him. That's the concern. Mike is correct. The defense could have picked him up, but Dak looked like he got really tight really quickly and mm-hmm. then played as such the rest of the way. Do you want to decode some of uh, what Micah's quotes were? You'll like this. Sure. More, more on accountability. I just want to play winning football. I want everyone to be accountable. I want everybody locked in, Parson said. What I hear is Zimmer's one of those guys who's going to have everybody accountable. What's your read on that? That Dan Quinn didn't hold everyone no, accountable? I, mean, I think Dan Quinn, obviously, everybody knows he's a good defensive coordinator. I, I, this is the challenge, and I, I don't mind Mike. I actually like him out there talking. But I just think he's talking too much. Like, he's just has – he's like, did he – I don't think he threw Bland and D-Law <laughs> under the bit. bus, but will they feel – you know what I mean? Like, he didn't mention did – that, did Dak make me – only Whatever. get one yeah. quarterback hit? Did that? You know, he didn't mention that. He mentioned Duran and D. Law. So, I just think he's he's saying too much. Um, he's, I mean, he's in these spaces now with Stephen A. And you know, obviously, that's going to be a long-winded conversation. And you can just talk, talk, talk. And he's trying to address everything. With, and I just think he can. Like, even that, is that throwing Dan Quinn under the bus? I mean, I, I just want no. to change the culture identity of the Dallas Cowboys and win a championship. I mean, it's Yeah, positive. I mean, it sounds it, – my read on it was whether Dan Quinn's a good X and O's coordinator or not, he thinks that they needed a little more stern discipline than they were getting. I mean, that's – to me, that's what accountable what, means what is – That's what and CD uh, talked about as right, well. Right, and Mike Zimmer is famous – 
for being that exact, right. whatever the, the opposite of a player's coach is, you know what I mean, a disciplinarian is kind of Mike Zimmer's M.O., and for some guys it wears thin on them, but it sounds like what Mike is saying is it's what we need. Now, whether he thinks it's because it's what he personally needs or what the team as a whole on the defensive mm-hmm. side needs, but that's how I read it. Uh, and Mike- I don't care if you throw a guy under the bus who doesn't work there anymore. I think that's totally allowed. Oh, I think even if it's unfair, I think sometimes that's the best way to go forward. Be like, hey, it's us moving forward. It was that guy's fault even if it wasn't. <laughs> I think that's actually a good leadership strategy. Disagree. Okay. Uh, Micah also weighed in on the running game, um, throwing his support behind Tony Pollard. Take a listen. I think towards the end of the season, Tony Pollard was catching his rhythm again. I wouldn't say it's that. I do think he's an every-down guy. I just think – you got to think he broke his uh, – what is it? Fibula, tibula, something. You saw him increase. Like, he even said, I'm just now starting to get back, back to myself. I would give Tony Pollard another shot. Okay, red zone rushing. Uh, and we put your guy on here, Derek Henry, because there you've there been you a big proponent of yes. uh, Derek Henry joining the team. Uh, tied for the fewest five touchdowns in the red zone by anyone with 60 or more attempts in the last 30 years. So he might not just be able to run it. Or maybe it's the play calling, but it seems like it's Tony Pollard. I'm a big Tony Pollard fan, all right? But... I'd rather have Derrick Henry if it's between Derrick Henry and Tony Pollard. And here's the thing. Again, with Micah, he's trying to do the right thing. Of course, sticking up for a guy that's still a teammate, right? But he's just wrong. I mean, Tony Pollard did not get better as the season went on. Tony Pollard's last seven games, he averaged 3.6 yards a carry. He averaged more than the other about almost four and a half before that, all right? (laughs) So, but three of his first four seasons, he was at five plus yards yeah, a carry when you had Zeke, right? Yeah. And so, what I I think they should do, I don't know what the financial situation will be, but look, look running backs, we know what it is. Henry's not going to break the bank, all right? Yeah. So go get Derrick Henry. I get it; he's thirty years old. Yeah. There have been some backs, some of the all-time greats, Emmitt Smith, Walter Payton, that did play well later in their careers. But he still last year was more productive than Pollard. He eats up those tough yards like you just showed. He'll be great in the red zone, which was a problem for them. And then Rico Dowdle, maybe he'll be your second back, you know. And and as much as I like Pollard, I think they should go get Henry. None of the above. The expensive running backs, unless it's Christian McCaffrey, how expensive are they going to be? Well, well, Tony Pollard this year was ten million. He was a franchise tag. Mm. If you can bring back Tony Pollard, super cheap, fine. Go get Saquon. No, no, no. Do not give running backs their third contract. Don't do it. Just don't do it. This is not where the Cowboys need to spend their money. If you can get A.J. Dillon as a bruiser from Green Bay for next to nothing, fine. Because I think he will that. probably play. He will probably make like three million bucks. Go look, but again. You know I mean? They got to get somebody. Yeah, yeah. That's what the draft is for. Yards. Where can you find Isaiah Pacheco? Seventh round turns out. Guy's awesome. <laughs> like this is the, the, again. I feel badly for these guys as far as the economics of the position, but. There is a surplus of guys who are pretty good to just under really good at age 22 to 24. And very few guys. This is The Derrick Henry thing reminds me a lot of Dalvin Cook in this regard. It's like, man, the guy's still awesome. He had 1,000 yards six straight years, and then it's just over. I don't know that it's just over for Derrick Henry. I'm not even saying I think it is. But if I'm the Dallas Cowboys and I have to pay Micah and I have to pay CD and Zach Martin needs money and Dak's about to get the biggest contract ever, I am not being like, Derrick Henry in free agency, come on down. 
Go draft a guy in the fifth round like everybody Ooh, else does. They just better get a guy. How about yeah. Zeke on the veterans minimum? Remember, I was saying Zeke last year. This year, no. He was pretty last good. Last year, Patriots. I was saying yeah. Zeke. Right. Veterans minimum was fine. Zeke would have ate up some of that. 30-year-old Derrick Henry is a terrible idea. On the alternative broadcast of the All-Star Game, Charles Barkley weighed in on the recipe for the Suns' success and how it's on Booker because KD, not a leader. Take a listen. To me, it's got to be Booker. He's got to be your, your mental leader and your vocal leader to a certain degree. No disrespect to Kevin. Kevin's a follower. He's not a leader. He's proven that on all his stops. Booker's a hell of a player also. I think he's going to have to take the initiative and take this on team to the next level. Go ahead, your take. I have a uh, prediction of what your take's going to be. Uh, I'm sick of banging on Durant for this. Thank you. Like, he's, he is who he is. He's never wavered. Yes. His belief is the coach is the leader. I'm the bucket getter. Hello? Leave me alone. It works. Now, we can say that that does not follow in the footsteps of the greatest of the greats, and it's a hindrance to him. That's a, almost okay. a separate discussion. But it's not like Durant is out here being like, I'm the best leader in basketball. Right. He has been he, who he, he is. He but is. here's my other take. Who are leaders in the NBA? Who do we know? So I, I, I made a list, guys. Mm-hmm. LeBron, right. Giannis, Jimmy, unequivocally, leaders. So now I'm just going to go. That doesn't mean that's the whole list. But quick. Does Boston have a leader? Do, do the Cavs? Have a guy that we know is a better leader than Kevin Durant. Donovan's. The, it, he is? Based I on think what? You do. I, I, Based I, on I, what? And I would, but here's what I I think Jason Tatum. I, I, look. Is a better leader than Durant? Yeah. Okay, well then you're not going to, because I was going to say. And, and Steph, definitely. So I thought Draymond was the leader. I think Draymond is in one sense, but Steph is. Steph sets the culture like Tim Duncan did in San Antonio. Uh-huh. I like that. He's yeah. definitely the leader. The, okay, so Steph, okay, so, uh, Steph, Steph was a question. Is Jokic a leader? Is Luka a leader? Is my point is this? I don't think. I Jaylen think. Br- well, Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson, Brunson is a leader. Jalen Brunson is definitely a leader. So okay. So Dame so, is a leader. Dame is a leader. Yeah. What evidence do we have that Dame is a better leader than Kevin Durant? What What, what are we talking exactly. about? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There are there is a few guys who it's like what they really mean is able to be the best player on a champion and have everyone follow them. LeBron, Jimmy hasn't been the best player on a champion. He's been banging on the door. Giannis, I think the Steph thing's weird because he's been nah, with Draymond, but that's is. fine. My point is, like, we're banging on Durant for something. The, do the Clippers have a leader? I don't think so. I do not think so. Russ? From the sixth man role? Tyler. He's the, exactly. <laughs> so I just think it's unfair well, to KD. All right, look. It's interesting because, and I know he and Draymond and KD have had their issues recently, but Draymond sitting there looking at Barkley and doesn't say, oh, I paid, played with him for three years, all right, and you're wrong about that. He, he just sits there and lets it go. Now, I don't know if he said something earlier in the broadcast or whatever, but at that moment he didn't say anything. And secondly, KD's own words. To kind of to your point, Nick, KD says, I don't want to have to be the leader. Oh. I'm not a leader. Well, there you go. I'm bad at saying stand behind me and follow me. No. I'm one of those guys that's just like, let's do this blank that together. That was that seven was years 27. ago. But that's it, yes. who he is. That's when he was actually at the height of his career, Went to, was going to Golden State, obviously, that year. And so, look, it's interesting what you brought up because I think there's leadership and there's strength of personality. Mm. And KD is, is strong, obviously, in his own way. But 
you look at his teams, Russell Westbrook's stronger personality. So he was like the strongest personality on that team in OKC. Um, in Golden State, obviously, you had Draymond, and then it was just Steph's team. In Brooklyn, Kyrie was the strongest personality. I mean, he really was. And that has been a hindrance to KD. But he's the strongest personality in Phoenix. I'm not sure. I, the question is, is Devin Booker a leader? And I'm not saying he's not. I don't know. But I don't think KD – I think clearly – by KD's own mouth, he's not a leader, and it does hinder that team. And so, Book's got to step up and be the leader if indeed it's in him. Okay. The guy's averaging 28 points. Only five guys have scoring more this year. He's got the fourth most minutes, 37 minutes. He's 35 years old on a rebuilt Achilles. Well, leading by just, example. Right, but I guess the, the guy's just going I mean, to work hard. for, like, over a decade. And it's like, I, I guess my, the, my point is, Brr. like, you guys said Jalen. I think people would say Shea or Anthony Edwards. At this point in Anthony Durant. Anthony Edwards is a at, I think people would assume he's their leader. He's, he's, he's playing regular he's games left there. He's changed that right. culture. But the point I'm making is when KD was at that stage of his career in OKC, no one thought he wasn't a leader. It's now like uh, retroactively. They just knew he was a great player. I don't know if anybody knew, thought he Not was a leader. Not everyone's as lucky as us to have someone come in like Kevin Wilds and just announce, I'm the leader, follow me. <laughs> you got to say it. You got to say it <laughs> early and often. Just repeatedly. <laughs> We were a rudderless ship before. And now I got you on the straight and narrow. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Report out of Denver is that Russell Wilson's mansion is on the market. Shout out, Stink. Another do signal <laughs> after last year's benching that Russ's days with the Broncos are numbered. Here's his numbers last year. 7-8 and eight for all you QB wind fans out there. 205 passing yards, good for 22nd best in the league. I mean, 26-8 and eight is solid. Yeah, it's solid. Yep, the numbers were fine. He just, yeah. I mean, the passing yards. But it was his third losing season in a row. So, uh, who should sign Russell Wilson if he does leave Denver? I, I think his options are far more limited than people think. Hmm. Oh yeah. So I, so I'm going to list every team that needs a quarterback, and it's a shorter list than you think because yes. teams like the Titans and the Giants, we might think they need a quarterback. They do not. Right. They have, and so, and let's just assume. Kirk and Baker are back with Minnesota and Tampa. Because okay. if they're not, they then just take one of these spots anyway. Mm-hmm. New England, Pittsburgh, Vegas, Denver, Washington, Chicago, Atlanta. That's the full list. Yep. One, two, and three, Chicago, Washington, New England, we would think are going to draft quarterbacks. Yep. That then leaves Pittsburgh, Las Vegas, Atlanta, Denver. Denver, obviously out. And then someone's getting Justin Fields. Correct. And Justin Fields is going somewhere. And then there's the quite That's only three rookie quarterbacks taking jobs when some mocks have five going. Right. So who's left? Pittsburgh, Vegas, Atlanta, and Justin Fields going one of those places. And I don't think Vegas is going to, after the Jimmy G experiment, going to go with the Russell Wilson. You know what I mean? Same type of thing. Mm. So you're talking about Pittsburgh and Atlanta, the people covering the Steelers saying not happening. Right. That they are going with either Pickett or Mason. So then it is really, in my opinion... Justin Fields and Russell Wilson trying to be the quarterback for Atlanta. And if I'm Atlanta, I'd rather take the high upside with Justin Fields. Well, I I agree with you. And so I just don't know that he's guaranteed to be a starter next year. I had the same list as you. Um, Look, 
I know what they're saying out of Pittsburgh. First of all, Pittsburgh should try to go get Justin Fields. Uh, agreed. That's who they should. The local reporters are saying no. If they're going to battle this year with Mason Rudolph or okay. Kenny Pickett, what are they thinking? I agree with we, you. It's going to be a same replay of this, maybe a tad bit better, but you don't have a chance to do anything deep. So I w- if I were them, I would go for Fields. But if they don't, I think that's the spot for Russ. I think they have made the playoffs or been close all these last several years with very poor play at quarterback. If Russ, Nick, and I know I, I've agree, I agree with you all season, he wasn't quite as good as the numbers. But he was pretty – he was he okay was good enough year. to where he theoretically should be one of the 32 starters. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. And so with that defense, you got running backs. Obviously, you got some good receivers there. Like and Mike Tomlin, I know there are questions about Tomlin and Wilson coexisting, but that's the place they either need to have Justin Fields or Russell Wilson in so Pittsburgh. That's my question. If I'm Mike Tomlin, I'm like, all right, I'm thinking about getting Russ. Well, Pete Carroll didn't work with Pete Carroll. They got better once Geno took over, and then Nat Hackett put that one on the side. But then Sean Payton didn't make it work either. So it's two le- legendary Super Bowl winning, you know, coaches. Well, it worked uh, with Carroll, uh, but it, until for, it didn't. Long, right. Until and, the but end. Russ kind of started that. We yes. remember well, that's the other. About that's the other thing. It's, yeah. So now all of a sudden, if I'm Mike Tomlin, like you know what, I'm I can do it better than Pete Carroll and Sean I Payton. I hit him for probably the minimum. Right. It's that's that. It's that. It's cheap, yeah. and we're a defensive minded team, which is cheap with a defensive minded team. Is how Russ initially had all his success. Right. Right. Early in Seattle, and he hated, I, but he didn't like that. He didn't he's, like it eventually. He had to be humble. Uh, you I mean, would come think. On. Uh, the, yeah. So can I he throw a different team a at you? Yeah. The, and shout out, not my idea, but I he was ridiculed for this, and I thought it was. I think it was Mike Tannenbaum I agree who said with this. it. If the Jets were run by adults, they would have a real not only this year contingency for their forty-year-old quarterback coming off the Achilles, but also somewhat medium-term contingency for post-Aaron Rodgers that doesn't involve spending a blue-chip draft pick on a quarterback because you need to address your offensive line and some other things. There is a so go very, him as a backup? Yes, and, and, it, tell, and have Russell Wilson there for, I don't want you know, the potential that Aaron gets hurt and the inevitability that Aaron's not your long-term answer and give Russell a year – in that, at the very least, that should be Russell telling them no, not them, not even what about shaking Aaron that tree. Them no. Well, no, that's why I said if they're a serious franchise, if they're a serious franchise, Aaron Rodgers cannot, and, and nobody it, is going to be clamoring for Russell Wilson to take Aaron Rodgers' job. You don't think so? The, no, I, I, it makes sense what you're saying. All right. But he's a name. Like, you don't want your backup quarterback having that type of name. It, Aaron Rodgers is not going to like it. Russ, is, I don't think, is going to like being a backup, even though he'll probably accept it if he has to. I, and it, if Aaron, let Aaron have a couple bad games and see yeah, if it, he it, the back for over 300 yards. <laughs> years. In years at this point. But, again, are, are the New York Jets a professional football team or are they an Aaron Rodgers fantasy camp? Great question. Like I, the, the the, okay, well, then that's a problem. Like, if you are actually believing we have this great defense, we have all these things, what are you pointing at? You didn't put Mac Jones as one of your starters. No, I didn't. Now, they could, no, that's a I guy didn't. they bring in as a backup. No, they, 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 they the already had yeah. that before. Oh, it was God. Zach Wilson. No, he's they better than Zach. I'd they, become a Jets fan, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Did Draymond shut down the LeBron no, trade? No, the, the exact opposite. Yeah, the, the no, he, he paid for it. <laughs> he wasn't giving up Kaminga. Live from New York, it's the show that's playing defense in the All-Star game. I'm on the floor. <laughs> that's right. Like there you Woj, go. Yeah. Like Wojo back, back in the Duke yeah. day. Yeah, I'm there. there yeah. you go. Uh, it's the second oh, hour of First Things First. Today, what are the chances that LeBron has a farewell tour? Not as high as you think. No. You know why? Why? He eschews attention. He's he doesn't like praise. Eschews is, I think, he doesn't like praise. Eschews. A skew is like an angle. A shoe is like a shoe you wear on your foot. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, why it's panic time in Milwaukee? I'll tell you why. They're losing games. (laughs) Three and seven. Uh, Not great. But right now, revisiting uh, the died on the vine trade that would have made LeBron a warrior, Draymond disputed the original reporting and said trading Kaminga to the Lakers would have been a non-starter. Take a listen. If the Lakers could get uh, uh, Clay and Kamingo, they'd do that deal tomorrow. I, but who said he was giving up Clay or Kamingo? Well, you're going to have to. All right, so check this out. Everybody want to talk about the trade. Number one, the, the, the facts that came out aren't right. But when I talked to Joe on the phone and we were discussing what we have to give up, I said if it's Kamingo, the answer is no. Okay, oh. but that's the only thing they would take. Okay, there you go. There's a lot here. There's a lot here. So who are they trading? Exactly. Who are they trading? It, it, it is so, possible that Draymond doesn't know. You know what I mean? I don't know, man. Underst- As just, the CEO of new media, it, I saying. think he understands that us in old media have the, the CBA done front to back, so he needs to as well. And I think Draymond, Draymond is sharp. Draymond yeah, and not being a smart ass. Draymond, while maybe he is not, you know, crunching the numbers Bobby Mark style, he knows the salaries have to come close to matching yes. up. There is... I, I spent the time on it this afternoon. Very, very difficult to find a trade that does not involve either Clay or Jonathan Kaminga. Yep. And so, like, the, the Wiggins is one that can fit in, but Wiggins right now is a n- negative asset because of his contract. Like, you're not he's getting... He's not playing well. Right. That, yeah. No, that's my I mean, point. My, my point is with his... So, I think Draymond is too smart to think there was ever going to be a world where they are acquiring LeBron James and not giving up something of value. And this is where, and this is something LeBron has dealt with, it's tricky when your name and then you confirm is publicly associated with, yeah, I wanted us to go get that guy, Mm -hmm. is everybody knows, well, that means somebody had to leave. And maybe he's trying to, you know, be more protective of Kaminga's feelings than Clay's feelings. And maybe it was just an oversight there. But him saying very clearly, I told him, Chuck says Clay and Kaminga Lakers would do it. And Draymond's like, let me set the record straight. I told him Kaminga's untouchable. Right, and right. so, and Clay's already going through his own, you know, emotions of what this year has been and what his future is yeah. everywhere. So it's just, I don't believe. I don't want to say I don't believe him. I find this hard to believe, but it also it's, creates a messy situation for a team that was just trying to find its footing in Golden State. No, I agree. And I think Draymond, and you're right, it was maybe an oversight 
uh, that he didn't mention Clay, but I do think he's doing some locker room management. Like, I don't, you know, Kaminga's actually a huge part of what we're doing now. He's, he's averaged about 20 points over the last two months. He's a big part of this recent surge. We don't want him being unhappy, so let me say yeah. I didn't want him in it. Um, but look, if I'm Golden State, now I know the Lakers are the ones that turned it down. I would go, if they could have got LeBron for Clay and Kaminga and some picks, absolutely. I don't think they would have had to give up picks. Well, but, yeah. okay, yeah. but Kaminga, look, and Kaminga for LA, obviously he's not as good as LeBron, even still at this stage for LeBron. But going forward, like Kaminga looks like he could, be, he could become relatively special and like a nice second option to AD. So for the Lakers, that's not bad. And for Golden State, I get, they have to forget about this future thing. You have to maximize Steph Curry's present. Correct. Period. All right? Because it's when Steph's gone, it's probably going downhill. That's generally how it works. Mm-hmm. With the Lakers, after Kobe was done and even late in his yeah. career, they had a downslide until LeBron got there. Generally, after you have a great run, you have a drought. All right? Mm-hmm. So they have to accept that. Uh, but go maximize Steph's present, and that would have been getting LeBron. So yeah. even if it would have cost them Kaminga, who I really like, they should have done it okay. if they could. The, yeah, I mean, I don't, the, I don't think anybody thinks that when it comes to winning a title this year or next year, Jonathan Kaminga is more valuable than LeBron no. James. No. no matter no, – I understand that John Kaminga is 21 and LeBron is in year 21, which sounds insane. But right now, LeBron is a far better player. And this was – and this is where the criticism of this feels unfair because they did win a title in the midst of it. I think they won a title despite it. But when they had those lottery picks – Kaminga and Moody were two of the youngest players in those drafts. Going with, like, Kaminga's been on the team three years now. He's 21. And he's just now, you know, showing what he could be. To me, that two-track plan was always a little... I don't want to say arrogant, but a little overzealous. And like you said, they got it, their it, ring. They it, and so, credit, so but it it's not like they got their ring with Kaminga, Moody, and Wiseman contributing no. a ton in that championship. They're, they're it was quite the opposite. That Wiggins panned exactly out. right. Yep. Um, okay. When it uh, when it does happen, LeBron's retirement, whenever this Lakers tenure ends, if it does, will he have a farewell tour? It's a coin flip, according to LeBron. Take a listen. I was asked this question a couple of days ago. Will you kind of take the farewell tour or will you kind of just Tim Duncan it? I'm 50-50. I've never been that great with um, accepting, like, praise. I've, it's, a, it's a weird feeling for me. <laughs> what are you guys laughing about? What are you guys no, laughing about? I'm just surprised that... I'm what? surprised. What are you surprised that by? That he doesn't feel comfortable accepting praise. Well, you don't have, you don't feel, you feel that way. You never like us to compliment you. That's true, but I also don't start the show by putting in an imaginary. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Kevin Wilds. That's Brownie. true. Okay, go ahead. I, look, LeBron, I think he's been great at accepting praise. <laughs> and here's the thing, and you, you guys probably remember this. LeBron is the one that made the MVP speech in, for the NBA MVP award a thing. Like, before that, 
If you go back and remember, hmm. guys would, you know, maybe be at their practice facility or before a game or something if they're still playing. I remember Duncan got one wearing, like, Birkenstocks. And, it yeah, it and wasn't as photo. big of yeah. a – you know, they, the league would have their people there and they yeah. would give you the award. You'd say a little something. Yeah. LeBron – and he did a fantastic job, but LeBron made it a production. And then KD took the baton and yeah. had his, you know, she's the real MVP speech. So that's accepting praise. And I, sure. I'm not – I think that was great for LeBron because yeah. I think it should be that type of moment. He had it at his high school. Yeah. <laughs> Hundreds of people there. Yeah. So I think there's that. But farewell tour, I think the challenging thing for LeBron is that, look, most of these guys, Kobe – Averaged 17 points on like 36% shooting this last year. Dr. J had been in a little bit of a decline. Last year averaged 16. Kareem was 17, then 14, then 10. Like you could see it's over. That's All right, right? And LeBron is still playing well enough where – I mean, I, if I'm him, I'm entering the season like, man, I don't know. Let's see how I so do. You, Let's see how okay. we do. Bro, you know? you, that's my exact answer. He, I, don't, the re, I don't think LeBron's going to choose against a farewell tour because he's going to find the adulation to be too much. I think that while maybe initially he was uncomfortable with it, he's maybe grown to figure out how to deal with it. I don't think he wants to box himself into right. an end date. Right. And so unless the only way I could see it happening would be if in a season, if in the final month of a year or two months, you see a significant serious decline or if he suffers a significant injury that is not career ending, but it's like, oh, okay, this is probably going to be it next year. But otherwise, I don't think Wilds LeBron wants to say, all right, you know what? I'm out after this year. And then that year he's awesome. And then he's like, well, wait a minute. I want to keep going because there is – I know Brady did the retirement and come back and yeah. play with it again. There is an element of if you do the 30 stadiums, to, you know what I mean, 30 oh, – yeah. you, the, the you whole better thing, not come back. You can't really come <laughs> back. And so I don't think LeBron is – I said this on the air a couple months ago and people made fun of me. I'll say it again. I don't think LeBron is going to play long enough to ever be bad. He might, you know what I mean? He will continue to decline a bit. But I think LeBron, if he plays four more years, I think he will be a positive contributor to winning all four years. I think he will be a fringe all-star level guy at worst all four years. I believe that. And so I don't think you're going to. That's fascinating. That's an I don't disagree with you, and it's insane. Well, it's the – we He's use – It'll be 43. 43 doing that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, he just turned 39. And so, yeah. I mean, I – yeah. and I don't think he's going to play four more years. My mm. point is, we, I thought Brew's history lesson was useful. Like, that, the, everybody you, you else – You see they were – They right. were a to- – and Dirk and Duncan as well. That final year, yep. they were a totally different guy. And the only one who really wasn't was Carl Malone. He was a different guy that year with the Lakers. But he was still pretty good, but then he got hurt. He got hurt. And then that was over. Like, the other thing is Bronny. Like, yes. if Bronny doesn't come out this year, then if LeBron still really wants to play with him, you know, he doesn't know, okay, is he ready this year? Is he ready next? You know, so yep. that there's that. And, um, I, look, I would love to – I, I hope LeBron would take a farewell tour at some point. Be, and I say this for him. He mentioned he'd love to do it for his fans and stuff. But, look, LeBron has been the most scrutinized NBA player ever, if not American athlete. All right. And his career, I do think, and I, I alluded to this a week or two ago, a lot, it's been so much 
criticism. Him, Jordan, him, Jordan. Yeah, it's like the whole career has been in the shadow and in comparison with Michael Jordan that I don't think it's been as great as he's been praised and all that. I don't think I, – I would like him to see – Really get the praise and adulation without it being about is he the GOAT the victory comparing him to Michael yeah. Jordan. And him to see that and experience, man, fans in all these arenas just giving him uh, love and not thinking about I it wonder, whether he's better than I've Jordan. only been to see LeBron here. I, don't, I haven't seen him anywhere. Oh, and, 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 and in L.A., obviously. Yeah. And in Cleveland. So yeah. that's a bad okay. take. <laughs> <laughs> and in Cleveland and yeah. in Golden State. Yeah. Um, but I wonder when we were at the Garden, it felt – it didn't feel like a, a uh, farewell tour, but it did feel like there was a collective acknowledgement that this is not going to last forever. Correct. That I we're agree. in the last final holes of the yep. golf course. Like, and everyone, it's like the crowd was very pro there LeBron. Was, there was odd. There were a couple times in that game where it looked like LeBron had leaked out on a fast break and guys didn't hit him. And there was an yes. odd, like, Sigh of disappointment from the Knicks crowd, who are great fans and were rooting for the Knicks. Yeah. They're like, oh, we could have gotten a Braun highlight. This is the last thing I'll say. The, what I think could change it is if the team in Vegas gets an official start date. And if it's like, oh, okay, Ooh. I'm going to play up until I then take over, own, you know mm. what I mean, ownership yep. of a team, yep. then I think it'll, then his career would have a hard end date. Okay. That was a good conversation. Coming up next, panic time in Milwaukee. Oh. This won't be a good conversation. <laughs> Welcome back to an electric show. Shaq sounded the alarm for Dame and the Bucks, who are three and seven since Doc took over. Third place, eight and a half games behind the Celtics. Take a listen. You and Giannis, you're being too nice. When it all is said and done, it don't work out. Three people gonna get blamed. Doc, you and Giannis. So you and Giannis gotta make sure the troops get it done. There's no reason that the Doc being there, y'all should be three and seven. That right there is what hurts. So, y'all, right. so when you get back, you're going to have to g- grab some people by the necks and say, hey, this is what I need you to do. So you're right. that's my gotcha. advice to you, young brother. <laughs> I just won the trophies. <laughs> uh, your reaction, bro? It was good advice from Shaq. He's absolutely right. I mean, Giannis, Doc, and Dame are going to take a hit if they don't at least get to the finals. We know Doc's going to be criticized, right, if they – Somehow got beat in the second round again. Dame will be criticized because Dame was like he was safe in Portland. We knew they weren't good enough to win. Right. Nobody cared that he wasn't defending. He could just go out there and get 30 and everybody gives him love. And Giannis, even though he's got the one title, we thought, you know, could this guy ever be get himself to the GOAT conversation? Now nobody's really thinking that. But he's got rings to win and you got a great teammate in Dame. I think, though, one of their challenges there, I've said this about today's players. A lot of them, they, they work really hard. But they work hard on what they want to work on, and they work hard on what they're already good at in a lot of cases. A lot of today's players, including the stars, they don't add stuff, or they don't work at what they don't like or what they don't want to do. And when you watch the Bucks, one, we all thought the Giannis Dane pick and roll would be great. They don't run it that much, all right? That's coaching, right? Some of it's coaching. Some of it's – Giannis has not been rolling as much sometimes to the basket where obviously he could do damage. He pops even though he's not a shooter. So I think they need to – that's what I'm talking about with him, work on some of that interior scoring. He was interior scoring when he had 64. And Dame, what Shaq could have also said is, look, 
I know you've never really been a defender, but Dame, to win championships, you got to defend. Well, and and I think Dame's got to buckle down. So he don't really want to defend. He got to buckle down on defense. Giannis doesn't really want to roll to the basket and stuff like that. He got to start so, doing that. They got to do – that's how they lead. Lead by example and have these guys watch you. Then you can cuss them out or whatever Shaq said you need to do. So, Wilds, I think the Bucks stock is too low right now. Oh. I mean, I think nine months ago – this, you were bringing a live deer to the set because yes. you believed in them that much before they got Dame. After they got Dame, I'm going to reveal something to the audience. One of the reasons we were like, you know what, we'll do our NBA picks once football's over. One of the reasons was we talked about it and we were like, I think we all like Milwaukee. <laughs> and that's not you. We, we're obviously not going to pick someone we don't believe in. And it wasn't going to create a lot of intrigue if we all had the same team. So we said, let's wait and see. And now I think I know you would pick Denver. Oh, and yeah. I think you, and I don't think you'd pick Milwaukee to be playing them. <clears throat> and I know you. I mean, my guess is that's Clippers, like usual, but um, <laughs> but but, the, but not Milwaukee. No. And I think that ultimately. So you got they, Milwaukee. That's. I think right now they are a valuable stock. I think right now they have been right. I think right now America believes in, for example, the Clippers. Way more than they believe in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. I think right yeah. now, obviously, everyone believes in Boston more than they believe in Milwaukee. Even though we haven't seen Boston do it, we have seen Giannis do it. Yeah. And so I, I'm not acting like it's perfect. And there haven't been serious warning signs. Most notably, their defensive rating has plummeted. And we knew it would get worse when right. you go from Drew to Dame. But I don't know if we knew it would have this significant of a drop-off. But what they do have that they didn't have last year is at the end of these playoff games, someone who just go get a bucket in a way dip, Which he's pardon me, different season. than Giannis can, yep. and Dame can still do that. So I, I don't think Doc's the perfect coach, and I don't think they're a perfect team, but I think they are being kind of like, ah, it hasn't looked exactly the way we wanted it to, therefore, and I still think they are as dangerous as anyone in the East. Chiefs they're still t- the second best team in the East with Embiid out, for you sure. You know what that was? What? Remix of a Chiefs take. What's that? That's a remix of a Chiefs take. What's the re- how so? Midwestern team with an all-time great player who hasn't doesn't look right in the regular season, but maybe yeah. later on it starts to coalesce. And if that defense can get better, oh, yeah. and you got an ultimate that, closer now. Like, I mean, it. So it wasn't something. intentional, but as you're describing so it, that's, that's it does, now the Bucks aren't the defending champs, and I don't think Giannis has earned the deference that Mahomes no. has. Mm. But I do think he might be the best player in the league. And at Giannis, yeah. and at worst he is at worst third, right? And top you know what three. I mean. At worst, top yeah. three, and so I, I just think Milwaukee is. If we get Milwaukee, Boston in a playoff series, I think I'd pick Milwaukee. Do you think it's at all analogous, Brew, to like when Harden showed up at the Clippers, and we we're like, this doesn't work. And then they figure it out and ripped off. The doc uh, showing up? Yeah. Okay. That, that there's, a, there's a little bit of, like, weathering period, and then it takes off. Well, I definitely think they'll adjust. Doc and them will adjust, and they'll play much better under Doc going forward. No question about that. With Harden, look, and we'll get into this at some point, there, one thing that made that work, Russell Westbrook's humility in being willing to go to the bench. The problem, you guys know, I've always said Harden is a great point guard when he wants to be. He showed it in Brooklyn in the brief time they had with Kyrie and KD. They didn't have enough time. (laughs) No, they were all hurt. I'm just saying. 
But he is a great point guard. Now he's doing it with KG, with uh, PG and uh, Kawhi yeah. and Russ coming off the bench. That was the problem. All four the Clippers, of them. Man. The four of them can't he be on the floor the together. Clippers, but now, yeah, they might be He's my pick in the Sabrina. West. Part two next year. He loves the Clippers. Can't quit them. Bruce Clippers. Medals time. Thirty-four seconds left in the first half. In the, right, this is the fourth time we've showed this. Well, it's so excellent. Give him a break, man. It might be. I'm not saying it is, because that one time Ricky Davis tried to get a triple double by shooting at his own basket. But second to that, this is in the running for the worst basketball play <laughs> I've ever seen. Bronze well, medal. hung on the rim wasn't too great. Hey, Wild. That's happening. Wild, look who got a bronze. <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns. Congratulations. He scored 50, Nobody 31 knows. in the fourth. <laughs> Nobody knows, even less people care, but he gets a bronze. Silver. 50 Halliburton. All right. Great. Listen, little selfish a day. It's in Indianapolis. I agree. It's supposed to be. But they have that thing. beef. They've owned I, the Bucks since you stole the ball. Oh, can beat oh the you're right. You know what? Gold they medal, Dame, Dame, and he, he. Listen, folks of the Greater Indianapolis area, if you don't get Damian Lillard this game ball, you will have hell to pay. <laughs> Here's the podium from uh, All Star Game that I think visibly angered NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. There it is. Uh, highlight of All-Star Weekend, on the other hand. No doubt. Steph versus Sabrina shootout. Oh, yeah. uh, Steph won at 29-26 for the record. Dame won the other three-point competition with 26, so Sabrina right there. Uh, Brew, do you want to see more of this? Yes. One-on-one. And first of all, let me compliment each one because for Sabrina, she was representing, like, women. Yes. I mean, everybody's looking at it. If she went out there and fell on her face, people would have wrongfully but done so, yes. taking it out on women in general. For Steph, he had really nothing to gain. If he loses now, you know, so congrats to both of them. I would like to see maybe two or three, two, three or four of each. So four NBA guys against four WNBA shooters or two against two and kind of a team type thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I also, this to me has Caitlin Clark written all over it. I think next year, Doing a Steph versus Sabrina part two. Yeah. And a works. Dame versus Caitlin from like what would be the five point line. You know what I, I mean? Like the too. super deep range would yeah. be would be cool because as far as the ability to shoot, the best in the women's game have proven they're on par with the best in, uh, in any right. game in the world. Maybe a Luca versus a fan from full. <laughs> 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 All right. Can you leave Luca? Uh, speak up next. No. They're off this week. Good job.